Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> you don't need me to tell you this right now, but I guess if you look up in the sky and, and, and you look all around you, I mean, it probably looks a little weird out there. Like, you know, it's like some science fiction movie that's happening, but that's all stemming from those, you know, wildfires up there in Canada, which uh, are making their way at least with the uh, the remnants of into our atmosphere here. And it looks kind of dreary, to be quite honest with you. But uh, certainly no picnic and a little odd. But nevertheless, some of the things you got to deal with, I guess, could be a lot worse. It could be the people up in Canada. They're actually dealing with the fires. But the air quality is uh, no bueno, as they say. So be careful if you have any sort of uh, issues when it comes to respiratory, things like that, as you're out and about. We'll talk a little baseball. Talk a lot of baseball, actually. But specifically later on, C.J. Nitkowski is going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. He is, of course, the television analyst for the Texas Rangers. We talk about the Texas Rangers, specifically Jacob DeGrom, in case you're just joining us, in case you're just tuning in, the former Met needing Tommy John surgery, and you look at it from a couple of different angles. Obviously, Mets dodged a major bullet, right? I mean, a lot hasn't gone right for the Mets this year, but, you know, you think about woulda, coulda, shoulda, if they were the ones that gave him that really lucrative contract, and he was not available for them, much like he hadn't been for the previous couple of years, then the Mets would really be left holding the bag. Instead, it's Texas. And the ironic part about it is, if you follow baseball, Texas right now has got the second-best record in the sport. You know, think about that. If I would have told you back at the beginning of the season, yeah, the Rangers, 60 games in, they'd have the second-best record, and Jacob DeGrom would give them virtually nothing. And he's not going to give them anything for the remainder of the season and probably late into 2024 at best. And since this is his second Tommy John surgery, you know, the, the, the thought, at least from, you know, the medical people and people that have, un, you know, had this procedure done multiple times. Second time, they're always telling you to be more cautious with the rehab to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and take it a little bit slower. And so DeGrom, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you're no, no, no. You're, you're probably looking at maybe, maybe. You know, you hope September, maybe October of 2024, if you follow those type of guidelines there. But nevertheless, um, not the Mets problem, but it just also calls to mind, you know, so often we have these conversations about sports and and with athletes and with players and that sort of thing, like the whole woulda, coulda, shoulda. And guys whose careers and their abilities to go out there and just leave a legacy and to just dazzle and to, to be the best at their craft and that cut down because of injuries. And not having that ability of availability, which is always the most important ability. And a guy like DeGrom, I mean, it's got to be frustrating. And, you know, we'll let you hear from him a little bit later on in the program. But, you know, this is a guy who, you know, is the best pitcher on the planet when he's healthy. You know, he's got stuff that nobody can go out there and do to the extent and the level that he can. The problem is his body has betrayed him here far too often of late. And, you know, who's to say if he's going to be the same pitcher again after this? You know, what if the Texas Rangers wrote him a check for $185 million and they're never going to see the guy who was worthy of a buck eighty-five? You know, that stinks. But, you know, it's not the Mets' problem. It's the Texas Rangers' issue that they have to deal with here. But as far as the Mets are concerned, we talked about him a lot last night on the program, if you're with us. And... It goes without saying what the Mets have done this year, you know, it's extremely ordinary. 
There's no other way around it. You know, they've not been great. They haven't been horrible. They've been somewhere right down the middle. And when you're 30 and 30, 60 games into the season, you are the epitome of average, right? You're mediocre. And now you have an opportunity to go down to Atlanta, a place that has been a house of horrors for you, right? Whether it was Turner Field before it, now it's Truist Park. You know, the Braves have had the Mets number basically for the last, feels like 20 years, maybe with the exception of like one or two seasons, right? But last year, the Mets went down there, played an important series late in the season, got swept, lost the division as a result. So now you're coming off of a sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays, who last night got lit up, by the way, against the Houston Astros at home and sent Alec Manoa down to the minor leagues. Go figure that one. I mean, what a strange baseball season it's been. Manoa's a guy who was finalist for the Cy Young Award last year in the American League. He's lost seven straight starts. Blue Jays are essentially conceding defeat every five days when he takes the mound. And today they said, you know what, enough is enough. And they sent him down to the minor leagues, hopefully to regain some confidence here. But that being said, Mets couldn't beat the Blue Jays. And now you're hoping that they could gather themselves on a six-game road trip against two first-place teams. Three with Atlanta. And then they got to go to take on the Pittsburgh Pirates later in the week. And, yeah, the Pirates are actually a first-place team. And as I said last night, maybe that's one of the things that gives you a little bit of solace when trying to see if this Mets team can turn things around and to live up to the lofty expectations which comes when you have a $400 million payroll, when you add in all the taxes and all the dollars and cents and that type of thing, is that if you look at the rest of the National League, there's only six teams right now that have a winning record in the NL. Only six. Two of those teams are Pittsburgh Pirates. They're the Miami Marlins. Like right now, you know, if you have to bet your last dollar on it, do you really think that those two teams would actually finish the season with a winning record and actually finish the season in contention? I I mean, probably not. So when you look at it from that perspective, you know, if the Mets could just play a little bit better and get into the playoffs and at least get in healthy, maybe pick up some reinforcements along the way before the trade deadline on August 1st, you start to feel a little bit better about things, right? You'd be a little bit more confident about what this team is capable of doing. You know, Carlos Carrasco tonight getting the ball against Bryce Elder. I mean, Bryce Elder is a guy who was given an opportunity this year for the Braves. And what has he done? He just leads Major League Baseball in ERA. That's all. Not too shabby. And Carrasco's a guy who, look, I know he's pitched well last couple of times out, right? You feel good about it. He's only given up a run in each of his last two starts. But, you know, I, I don't think he's anybody that you trust. At least I don't. You know, every time he takes the mound, you're probably biting your fingers a little bit, wondering if he's going to be able to get you through five, six innings and not at least surrender your chances of winning a baseball game. Scherzer and Verlander lined up for the next two days, all right? You got your two big horses going, okay? These are the type of games that you're paying them $40 million plus to go out there and win, or at least to put you in a position to win those games. Omar Narvaez is back in the lineup tonight. Remember Omar Narvaez? Remember they signed him during the offseason? Formerly the Milwaukee Brewers catcher, right? Has a little bit of pop in the bat, too. And, well, he got hurt the first week of the season or first couple of weeks of the season. Haven't seen him since. And now he's back in the mix. And so you got to wonder, too, how is Buck going to go about distributing the playing time and the at-bats for Narvaez and, more importantly, Francisco Alvarez? You know, I, I, I would still think, unless the guy goes in an absolute funk, that Francisco Alvarez is going to be the guy that still is going to find his way into that lineup, let's say, you know, four days a week, maybe five. You know, and, and I think that, you know, it's going to be based on merit. 
Whichever guy is swinging the bat the best, whichever guy is playing the best, that's the one who's going to get the lion's share of the catching duties. The other thing about Alvarez, too, is even if you put Narvaez back there, he could still keep his bat in the lineup and DH him. But Alvarez has come a long way. I know that, like I said, he's cooled off offensively a little bit here over the last couple of games. But, you know, he's earned the trust of that pitching staff. And you've got veterans on that staff. You know, it's not like we're talking about a bunch of rookies and guys have only been up here for five minutes. No, you've got guys who are going to the Hall of Fame, and they actually trust pitching to Francisco Alvarez. How many guys over the years, especially the good ones, you know, the Hall of Famer types, have their so-called personal catchers and don't like throwing to certain guys? Right? Greg Maddox was famous for that. Right? I mean, it's, it's just it's the way it works. Right? You don't necessarily feel all that comfortable pitching to one of these guys, even if it comes at the expense of maybe somebody with a little bit better bat offensively. So you get hamstrung in that regard. So this is a big series. And you know what? If, if you follow kind of the script of how the Mets have played this year, right? They win when you don't expect them to. They lose when you don't expect them to. Kind of play up, play down to the level of the competition. You know, really unpredictable and just kind of defining what mediocre is. This would be one of the series that they go out there and somehow win two out of three. Right? Leave it to the Mets. And then they'll go to Pittsburgh and then they'll, you know, struggle in, in, uh, against the Pirates. That's what you come to expect from this team because you can't trust them right now. You just can't trust them. The guys in that lineup got to get going offensively. We spent a ton of time talking about it last night, specifically, you know, Guys like Lindor, you know, Alonzo in a little bit of funk. These are your leaders. These are the guys that you look to. They're the ones that are going to have to set the tempo for the rest of that team, especially on offense, if they hope to stay in contention right now. You know, because look at a team also like the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, the Mets have lost three in a row. Phillies have won three in a row. You know, Trey Turner hit a couple of home runs last night. That guy is an unbelievable player. You know that by watching him all those years with the Nationals, with the Dodgers, championship ball player. Okay, he's gotten off to a really, really slow start. I can't fathom that Trey Turner is going to be this bad all season long. Philadelphia is going to be playing better baseball. So that's another team the Mets are going to have to contend with. This is not going to be easy, but they have the talent in that locker room to go out there and actually get things done. Now you got to go out there and prove it, and it starts tonight in Atlanta. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We'll get into the Yankees when we come back. They're home at the stadium, starting off with the White Sox, but... Still some curiosity and still no definitive answers yet on Aaron Judge, which is puzzling to say the least. Like I said, we'll be joined by C.J. Nitkowski a little bit later on, talk a little Mets-Yankees and Texas Rangers with the Jacob DeGrom news. Big news out of the world of golf. You woke up this morning, you probably checked the newswire, and you saw that there was a merger between Live Golf and the PGA Tour, and you said, what? Am I reading that right? Those two? Like, what? But didn't? Yeah, yeah, you're right. But weren't they supposed to? Yep, you're, you're right about that again. Yep, you're not crazy. So we're going to talk some golf a little bit later on in the program as well. Plus, another day of Jets OTAs, Mr. Rogers and his teammates, and a couple of guys talking about expectations for the upcoming season, which is certainly refreshing. We're going to have to weigh in on as well. Dan Gross's show. It is a Tuesday. Sky's a little weird, but we'll keep you company for the next few hours right here, 9870 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. No NBA tonight. That's tomorrow. It'll be a game three of the finals as the scene shifts back to South Beach with a 1-1 series, as a matter of fact. We'll see if the Heat can keep this thing going after... Responding with a big Game 2 victory, doing something that not many teams are able to do, and that is beat the Denver Nuggets on their home floor. So short show for us tomorrow with the coverage beginning at 8.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. The Stanley Cup Finals, I don't know, at least the way the first two games have gone, even though you can never be too sure, but looks like it's going to be a short series right now as the Golden Knights once again all over the Panthers uh, in every which way possible. They'll go back to Florida and play a game number three coming up on Thursday. And I think that, you know, if Florida is unable to respond and get game three, we're probably looking at, I would even say, a sweep at this point right now because the Golden Knights have been far superior the first two games. And if they could continue that for one more here in game three, then, um, well, let's just say it's going to be a uh, early early start to the NHL offseason, a lot sooner than probably a lot of people would have envisioned. As far as the Yankees are concerned, you know, we put the Mets to sleep here. As far as the Yankees are concerned, playing the White Sox tonight in the Bronx, Nestor Cortez goes to the IL. We talked about that last night. So Randy Vasquez is going to make the start tomorrow for Aaron Boone and company. Clark Schmidt getting the ball tonight. And still no word about Aaron Judge. Um, here is what Boone had to say before the game today on the Yankees MVP? Not really. He's doing better today. Um, but, you know, he had all his tests done yesterday. Um, so Dr. Mott will be here this evening and with with him and Nestor and kind of read all that, you know, do the hands-on evaluation and then, you know, see where we're at with the course of action. But I, I really don't have much for you. He makes it sound as if, they're getting a two-for-one coupon deal. Like, the Yankees got a Groupon to get two of their most important players examined, right? Like, they couldn't foot the bill to have, like, one guy get looked at and then another. I mean, which it's kind of comical to me as well when any team gives you that whole spiel about, well, you know, the, he had the test yesterday, and the doctor's going to be here a little bit later on tonight, and then we're going to get the thorough examination. You mean to tell me that the Yankees didn't play yesterday? Judge got all the tests done yesterday, and now we have to wait until Tuesday night. While the Yankees are playing, by the way, the doctor's going to show up. He's going to sneak in, and he's going to, you know, play with Judge's toe. You know, he's going to find out what the pain threshold is and whether or not he feels this or feels that only while the team is playing, which is almost a full 48 hours. Actually, you know, it's 72 hours since the game ended back on Saturday night. That's what you mean to tell me? and that the Yankees still don't have any definitive word or concrete info as to what the status is of the guy who just happens to be 
what I like to figure is the most important player in all of Major League Baseball. That's what we're believing right now? I mean, come on. Come on. You really believe that? You really believe that? Yankees know exactly what's wrong with Aaron Judge. With the exact diagnosis is if it requires an IL stint or not, how long he figures to be out, they know all these things. And lastly, let's just hear it from the Yankee skipper. Do you expect this to be an IL stint for Judge? Do you expect it to be an, an IL stint? Or you Not sure yet. Like, like I know Nestor's going to go on the IL with Aaron. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I, I mean, guys, they know exactly what the deal is. Exactly what is wrong with him. He's too important. He's Answers the with Aaron. He is the franchise. No Aaron Judge means no winning for the New York Yankees. It is as simple as that. So you mean to tell me three days, three full days and nights after Judge hurt the toe in Los Angeles, the Yankees still don't have an idea what's wrong? Stop. Stop. I got news for you. This great company and this great channel that employs me, they don't pay me anything near Aaron Judge pays me. And I don't have... A, we don't have, like, a company doctor, a, a station doctor, or anything like that. But you know what? If something's not wrong with me, I ring up my guy, go see my own personal doctor, and guess what? I find out within minutes, within minutes of what the hell's wrong with me, even though there's probably a lot more that needs to be examined because there's a lot wrong with me. But you get my drift? You know, and you probably go through the same thing as well. You don't need to wait 72 hours to find out what is wrong with you. I'm not pointing the finger at the IM in this case, but, like, this happens all over sports. It's like gamesmanship. Guys, the Chicago White Sox, for example, okay, they stink. They stink. They're not good. They're classic underachievers. And I look like the idiot because I actually picked the White Sox to be one of my wild card teams in the American League this year. All right, so I'm biting the bullet for that. I do it each and every day. It's tough to sleep, but I'm trying to live with it as best as I can. Do you really think the Chicago White Sox or your ability to beat the White Sox is going to hinge on them thinking the judge may or may not get into one of these games as a pinch hitter, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to right now. Or because the Red Sox are coming up next, they really think the Red Sox and their, and their advanced scouts, when they sit there and watch the Yankees play these three games against Chicago, like it's really going to throw Boston into a tailspin if judge may or may not get into the game? I mean, stop the charade. I think every Yankee fan, every baseball fan knows that, yeah, Aaron Judge is important. I said last night he's the most valuable player in baseball. Most valuable on multiple fronts, by the way. Because, you know, you have these multiple definitions of what an MVP is. Like, it could be some people just consider it to be the best player. He's the most valuable player. But also, you look at most valuable and you think most valuable to your team. Judge is both. He's both. What is this Yankees team without him? Average. Average at best. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. By the way, before we get to the calls, Mets are in a rain delay in Atlanta. Even though the sun was shining, they just showed the field, but they're putting the tarp on the field. They must have info that none of us do. So Mets and Braves are going to get going in, I don't know when. We'll, uh, we'll keep you posted when they do. Lucas Giolito pitching tonight for the Chicago White Sox against the Yankees. Now, Lucas Giolito, he's not having a tremendous season, um, but Lucas Giolito's got really, really good stuff. And it wasn't all that long ago when this guy was finishing in the top 10 in the Cy Young Award race. 
Okay, he was a big-time prospect, top 10 pick once upon a time with the Washington Nationals. He was actually traded over to Chicago in the Adam Eaton trade. Remember Adam Eaton, the little outfielder who helped Washington um, win the whole thing once upon a time? But Giolito, why am I saying this? Because he's a free agent at the end of the season. You know, this is a guy, because the White Sox are not going to be in the race, I think that he's a candidate to be moved. So if it's a team that needs some starting pitching help, and I'm looking at the Yankees, and I'm looking at the Mets, Giolito could be a potential target. And I think that getting him out of Chicago, change of scenery, starting to pitch in important games down the stretch for some other club, I think can benefit him and his stuff. So that's a little uh, thing to keep in your mind as you're watching him tonight going up against the Bronx Bombers. All right, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Tommy Long Island is going to be first up here on 987 ESPN. Tom, how we doing? How you doing, Dan? I'm doing all right. Uh, I want to talk about, like, Buck, Buck's lineup. Mm-hmm. He, he's not consistent. He's changing people. He's putting people in and out. McNeil should be batting second or fifth or something, not eighth, ninth, and this way and that way. And, um, Tonight he's batting and third. About, yeah. And about Lindor, everybody's picking on the poor guy. Leave him alone. He, you know, he's hearing the booze and city field well deserved but uh he needs time you know to he'll be okay he'll hit 100 rbis he'll hit 24 25 home runs um they're well, really 213 though he's been 213 though tom i know but alfonso is uh batting uh you know yeah, but Alonzo, though, is not supposed to be an average hitter. That's the thing. You know, Lindor, Lindor, once upon a time, back when he was with Cleveland, right? I mean, he was a guy that was, you know, consistently hitting 30 and 90-plus RBI, 30 home runs, 90-plus RBIs, hitting for average, you know, finishing in the top, you know, 6-7 in, in the MVP. And that's the type of player the Mets thought they were getting when they gave him $340 million. I know. He's overpaid, 100% overpaid. And then we gave up DeGrom, right? We actually paid more for DeGrom. We offered him more. And now he's going to be out for a year and a half. It's like we didn't save no money because when we buy Verlander for another whatever, how many million dollars, what's the point? I mean, it's win-lose, right? Well, here's the thing. And, Tommy, thanks for the phone call. Obviously, the overall length of the contract, Verlander and DeGrom, DeGrom's would have been greater because Verlander's is a two-year deal. Right. So it's about what he's getting like 42, 43 years. So, you know, somewhere in the 80s. Um, The thing with Lindor is this. And and, and look, we talked a lot about it last night. Some people think I'm too hard on Lindor, whatever. The reason the fans boo when he's not doing well and they gave it to him pretty good on that last homestand. They boo because they demand so much from you. They expect more from you. They want you to do well. Okay, this is like all over. Doesn't matter what team, no matter what sport fans boo because you know, they think you can do it. They've seen you do it, whether it was in your this uniform or another uniform. They've seen you perform at a high level, and they want you to do that for their team. That's why they boo, right? If they don't, if some scrub goes up there and he keeps striking out, doesn't get any hits, like, you know, some part-time player or a guy they called up from the minor leagues, they're not going to boo him all that much because they don't expect anything, right? But a guy like Lindor, he came in as this all-star and, you know, MVP caliber player, and that's the guy they want to see. That's the guy they want to cheer for. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Quick timeout when we come back. More of your calls, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into the Jacob DeGrom saga now with the Tommy John surgery news, and you'll hear from Jacob himself, and, well, understandably so, he took the news pretty hard. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yanks and Sox scoreless in the second in the Bronx. Mets and Braves delayed rain in Atlanta. Still no idea about a start time. Yeah, what can you say? Thought there'd be a better chance around here if it was delayed because of uh, smog, which was coming down from our friends up north there in Canada. But nevertheless, we'll see if we get some baseball a little bit later on. Um, let us say hi to... Frank and New Rochelle, who's up next here on 98.7. Frank, how are you? Hey, what's up, bud? I agree with you about uh, Judge. I don't know. What, what are they waiting for? What's the upside here? You can retroactive him on the IL. I mean, it's been two days, like you said. So, really three, right? Saturday night it happened. So, right. I, don't, I, don't know why, I don't know why it's waiting so long. Um, you have to tell me, please. Please tell me the logic that Boone has tonight. I know it's a sketchy lineup. But you tell me why Volpe's batting fifth. I'd rather IKF. He's a contact hitter. You can't put Volpe batting fifth in a lineup, but it doesn't seem to matter. I, I don't understand. I know the last caller was complaining about the Met lineup. But the Yankee lineup, even when Judge is not there, uh, I just don't you – know, Volpe should be batting seventh, eighth, or ninth. You mean that uh, home I just, run? I don't get it. I'm, Frank, you mean that home run the other night didn't do anything to sway your confidence-wise in Anthony uh, Yeah, that's a fair point. No, I, I get that. The eight or nine homers he has, I guess, would be the logic of putting him there. So, uh, well said. Uh, I just well, think I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek with it. I'm only being, you know, I'm being tongue-in-cheek yeah, because know. we, you know, we had a lot of calls, what was it, over the weekend about Volpe. And, you know, when is this guy going to produce on a consistent basis? And how much right. longer of a leash should the Yankees give him? And blah, blah, blah. You know, if you look at the way he put together the lineup tonight, okay, they love, you know, Jake Bowers is batting nine tonight. Bowers had the two home run game out there in Los Angeles. These managers now, they yep. like to turn over the lineup, right? So if you have a guy batting ninth in Bowers, it's almost like a leadoff hitter plus. So if he goes out there and does something, then the lineup turns over, you go back to the top, and then you maybe have somebody already who's on base that you could drive home and so on and so forth. Okay, that makes sense. Hey, a quick comment about Lindor. You know, Boone always says that players usually land up playing whatever the back of their baseball card is, which I kind of agree to a certain degree. But with Lindor, like you said, with Cleveland, he was a really good hitter. With the Mets, minus, you know, I'm talking about batting average. So, you know, who is Lindor? Is he the guy with Cleveland with a 300 batting average or is the guy with the Mets 
you know, now 213, but last year not too much better. So I guess he, they're going to play him, though. They're paying him all that money. He's going to play every day. No, he played no, right? No. I mean, that, that, that's one of the things you say about him. And, Frank, thanks for the phone call. That's one of the things you could say about Lindor is that he, he's, he's available. He's durable. He goes out there and he's in the lineup all the time. But he asked me which guy is Lindor. Probably somewhere in between, I would say. I don't know if he's ever going to have seasons like he had in Cleveland again. I'm not saying that he's over the hill, but he's pushing 30. What is he? He's 29 or 30 years old. He's not washed by any stretch of the imagination. But... I don't know if you're going to get that super productive guy who was, you know, top five MVP finisher if we're going to see that guy ever again. I mean, you hope so, but the Mets kind of bargained that they were going to see glimpses of that guy more often than not. That's why they gave him $340 million. And it's obvious, look, last couple of years of that contract, you're going to get diminishing returns. You know, if you're, if you're not satisfied with the production now, what do you think it's going to be in, you know, six more years? You know, when he's like 36 years of age. You think he's going to be able to play shortstop up until he's 36? How soon before the – see, that's going to be the next thing with Lindor. It's not even going to be his bat. You know, there's going to be a conversation over the next couple of years about how much longer can you justify trotting him out there at shortstop when he starts losing range. Because the backers are going to tell you right now that even though the average isn't where you want it to be and maybe he's not producing at the rate offensively that you want, he plays a good shortstop, which he does. Plays a real good shortstop. But – you're not going to be able to have that range and that mobility forever. Remember, the Yankees wanted to move Derek Jeter off a shortstop, but they didn't. They didn't. But Lindor's not Derek Jeter either. He hasn't built up that equity with this organization to where they're just going to turn a blind eye and say, okay, man, do whatever you want. Even though if it's maybe, 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 maybe not the best thing for the baseball team. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. So news came down this afternoon about Jacob DeGrom, and – it was funny last night, not funny, but it was just last night while we were on the air, the Rangers put out word that they were transferring DeGrom to the 60-day IL. And the earliest that he was going to be eligible to return was June the 28th. And at that point, when you're thinking June 28th, you say, well, wait a sec. The guy hasn't pitched since late April. He missed all of May. He's pretty much going to be out for all of June. The All-Star break is the second week of July. What's the point of rushing him back right before the break? Instead, just give him an extra couple of weeks, and then if everything checks out, he can return to the mound right after the break. Well, then we find out today that that's not even going to be an option because he needs Tommy John surgery. He needs the ligament replacement. And I, I look, I can't say I'm surprised. I can't. Because if you go back and you remember that game when he walked off the mound – and just the body language, there was literally no interaction whatsoever with the trainer, with Bruce Bochy, the manager, when he came out. I mean, he didn't even speak to him. He just, like, looked up and, and, and walked off the mound. And something felt not right at that point. And the fact that it just dragged on weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and you're left with this reality where he's not going to pitch this year and he's going to miss most, if not all, of next season. And if you're the Mets right now, look, it's not like they're in a great position, right, with their starting pitching. As a matter of fact, Texas Rangers starting rotation is a hell of a lot better than the Mets have been, and they've barely gotten anything from DeGrom. So the Mets shouldn't be sitting here and throwing a parade, thinking that, ha-ha, they made off and, you know, they pulled a fast one on everybody. No, the Rangers overpaid for DeGrom and gave him $185 million because they had to, right? Because Texas has been a losing program the last couple of years, and to acquire a pitcher of Jacob DeGrom's services, you had to go out there and outbid everybody. 
and you throw caution into a wind and you forget about the injury concerns and you forget about, you know, maybe him missing a start or two, but reality bit them in the you-know-what not even halfway through the first season. And yet the Rangers are still in first place. They're off to the best start in the history of the franchise. And as I said, guys like Nathan Avaldi, uh, Andrew Heaney, John Gray, those guys are holding it down. And they've got the second best starting pitching ERA in all of baseball without Jacob DeGrom. But you do feel bad for the player. At least I do. Okay? I love watching DeGrom pitch. Love watching him pitch. Wish he could have stayed healthy. If he stayed healthy, he'd still be a Met. Think about all the crazy money that Steve Cohen throws at guys, like Lindor for $340 million. You mean to tell me? That if DeGrom didn't have any sort of a red flag regarding staying healthy, that Steve Cohn was going to be outbid by anybody else? I couldn't see that happening. Anyway, this was this afternoon down in Texas. Clearly a very emotional Jacob DeGrom talking through his latest setback. It's tough, so. But. All right. You know, I, I went through this before, and, you know, I know what it takes to get back. Um, so, that's the goal. Go out there, you know, rehab as, the best I can and, and be around to help, you know, any way I can. Um, you know, we got a special group here. Um, and... And then I'll be able to, to be out there and, you know, help them win. That, it's tanks. So, this is what we love to do, but, you know... Finding this out, coming here more. Wanting to be out here and helping the team, you know, it's a, it's a disappointment, so. Well, you heard there he didn't have his phone on vibrate. That was actually Dr. James Andrews calling to schedule the appointment for the Tommy John surgery in the middle of the press conference. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. In all seriousness, though, good for him that he got his money, for real. You know, because let's say this is any other player or any other pitcher who maybe is going into free agency and doesn't have the track record like a Jacob DeGrom does when he has two Cy Young awards. And the fact that he was able to secure $185 bucks already, you know, not to say that he wants to just steal the money from the Rangers and he doesn't want to go out there and earn it. I mean, you heard the emotion and you saw it in his face and you heard it in his voice. Anybody in that situation would feel like they're not holding up their end of it. And it's got to stink. You know, he goes to a new team. They're playing great baseball, and it's got to eat away at his pride a little bit because he realizes he has nothing to do with it. And folks like us, and I'm sure a lot of shows around the country right now talking about this situation, they're all saying the same thing. Like, why can't this guy stay healthy? And I'll also just continue to add on that, you know, unfortunately it's turning into a what if. Right? Like, imagine if this guy could have stayed healthy. Like, how many more Cy Young Awards would he have had? You know, we're being robbed of one of the great talents in this game. And it would have been really, really fun to see. I mean, it's, it's almost a miracle when you consider everything the guy's been through over the last few years. It's a miracle he won two Cy Young Awards. And you know what? In that Fugazi 2020 season, he might have been on his way to winning a third straight Cy Young Award. Because that year, remember, he only made like 10, 12 starts because it was only a 60-game season. I remember he had like one bad – he was like the front runner for the Cy Young Award even late in that season. And then I remember they played, I think it was in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. He had like one bad start, and that ballooned up the ERA. And because you don't have a full season to be able to like redeem yourself and to get those numbers back in order, unfortunately he ended up finishing third that year in the Cy Young and Yo-Yo Trevor Bauer ended up winning it. Trevor Bauer, who's now pitching in the minor leagues in Japan, 
right? Like, think about it. it like, that 2020 season, you really do, and I, at least myself, you do start to take it with a grain of salt. You have to. And that even includes the Dodger championship, right? Because you think about some of the things that happened in, in, in that 60-game season. I, I, like I said, Bauer won the Cy Young in the National League. He's not even in the game right now. He's pitching in the minors in Japan. He's so bad. Okay? Luke Voigt ended up leading baseball. Remember him, former Yankee? Ended up leading Major League Baseball in home runs during that 60-game season. I think he hit like 22 or something. He's not even on a roster right now. Not even on a roster. And this is only like three years ago. We're not talking about something that happened like 15 years back. Weird year, man. But you know what? DeGrom, you wish him well. You hope he gets back out on that mound. And it'd be one hell of a story if he's able to redeem himself and maybe pick up some more hardware before his career is all said and done. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll talk to Rangers analyst and our good pal CJ Nitkowski about DeGrom. Mets, Yanks coming up at 8 o'clock. Your calls when we return. It's the Grasso Show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets and Braves waiting out the raindrops to get underway in Atlanta. And it hasn't even rained yet, believe it or not. That's the funny thing, at least according to the reports. Yanks in a one nothing hole in the third out in the Bronx. A Sebi Zavala home run to the opposite field off of Clark Schmidt. It was your you know typical Yankee Stadium home run. Wouldn't have been out in a lot of ballparks, but it was in Yankee Stadium. little flick of the wrist, and Yanks are in a one nothing deficit. Let's say hi to our buddy Robbie in Mass. He's up next here on 98.7. What's up, Rob? How are you? Dan, how you doing? It's been a while since Ranger season. What's going on? Very, What's very up, good dude? show You know, I was on hold with the K show today for an hour, and I was like, after a while, I had enough, and I couldn't believe the Ira bashing. I mean, you know, I've been a quarter of the fan three, six years down the dial, and I was been, mm. you know, yeah, do I get tired of his jet stuff after all? Yeah, but I was just like, I, you know, I do a radio show up here in Massachusetts. In fact, my uh, broadcast partner, Sean Cronin, who was really sick this week, we, uh, we won a thing called the Alliance Awards, actually for non-commercial stations in the United States, so we're, so we're really psyched, and hopefully, uh, you know, this room for our little show, maybe one of these days, think of commercial, or we'll see, but, but anyway, about, Very about, nice. about the, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I wanted to mention the Yankees and the Rangers. First of all, about the Yankees, I agree with these callers. What I mean, what does Boone do? What does he do? Does he like just like you know blindly decide to throw a bunch of papers up in the air and see where they land? First of all, why is Jay and Carlos Stanton batting second? Your second man, you want a guy who makes contact, not a guy who strikes out two hundred times a year. Where you can, you want speed at the top of the lineup. Labor Torres is a leadoff hitter. Labor Torres doesn't have a higher base percentage. Labor Torres doesn't steal bases. He's not a particular baseball IQ guy for running the bases. So if you, if you can have Bolpe bat, let Bolpe bat ninth or something. Or let Bolpe bat first. Just put him there. I, the guy's hitting 193. And by the way, Dan, here's another thing I wanted to ask you about. I mean, okay, Donnie called me the other day. He said to me that I, he described me as being an Amish buggy because I was describing the fact that I don't like analytics and how it applies to today's baseball and today's basketball. I can't stand watching guys hitting 150, making $10 million a year playing Major League Baseball. Okay, I think it's a disgrace. 
I can't stand watching the Boston Celtics, and I'm not a Celtics fan, I know Peter is, watching, watching them shoot 63 shots from 24 feet when the intelligent thing is to get the ball close to the basket, okay? That used to be the actual intelligent thing, okay? Right. And can coaches actually can coaches actually dress like coaches today in the NBA? Like, what's happened to that? Okay, so that's just one thing I want to ask you about, the silly lineups. Why can't we just have the same batting order? You know, Buck has been a disaster this year with some of his moves we all know, but at least Buck has a traditional order where he's got table setters at the top, and he's got Alonzo hitting third or fourth. That makes sense to me. And then I wanted to ask about the Rangers, okay? You know, that's my favorite team, Dan. I grew up in Portchester, Ryberg, New York. I went to practices, hung out with the injured players, watched games. And, you know, I mean, that's my team I die hard with. One championship in 83 years. It just seems like the Rangers just hire their families, their buddies, guys that, you know, he'd rather hire his buddy John Hines to make the right decision. First of all, I think Chris Knobloch deserves a chance. Okay, that's one thing. The second thing is that, the problem isn't so much the coach. The problem is the construction of this team. I was dead sent, not so much against Tarasenko, but the fiasco with the entire Kane situation was ridiculous and reducing players on the ice and so forth. And how true he had the audacity to basically trade an entire third line, trade to Revo with his leadership, right? Trade, trade to way a guy in Gautier was quick and fast, played below the goal line. I mean, when you look at hockey, 80% of the games played below the goal line and against the boards. And Drew said, oh, yeah, we're just going to have a bunch of scores that are going to go around the track, like, you know, like, like Sebastian Coe. Well, that was, like, Rob, Robbie, that was one of the yeah, things that yeah. Gallant was critical of late in the season. And, and thank you for the phone call. I got to run here. But, I mean, remember, Gallant talked about that when they lost to the Devils, right, on his way out the door. He said, you know what, it's one thing to have talent, but sometimes talent doesn't necessarily answer all the questions that you need. Right? But, uh, look, I, I, I don't know. Look, it sounds like Peter Laviolette is the front runner, but as you said, could be John Hines. Could be John Hines. He and Drury have a relationship. They were college teammates together. But as I said last night, not, nothing wrong with John Hines, okay? I, I mean, you know, he's already coached in the area all those years with the Devils. Now, that was a rebuilding situation. That was, you know, post-Marty Brodeur, and they were just gut. They gutted the roster, basically, and turning over a new leaf. And, you know, it took them a few years to win. And then they had that one season where – Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy, and they made the playoffs, and they lost in five games to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, then he went to Nashville, and they made the playoffs a couple of times, but never made it out of the first round. So if Hines is going to be the guy, um, I, I just, based on merit, you know, look at what Gerard Gallant's done in the last two years here. Two really good seasons. Conference final. It's tough to send that guy back and then bring in somebody else who hasn't accomplished that much as a head coach. You know, plus Galant took a team to the finals, an expansion team once upon a time with Vegas. I Look, I would be surprised if he gets the job. I still think it's going to be Laviolette, but you never know. Chris Drury is the only one who can answer that question. And I guess we'll find out here sooner rather than later. Them and the Calgary Flames are the only two teams that still need head coaches. Let's say hi to Jay in New Jersey up next here on 98.7. What's up, Jay? How are you? Dan, what's good, man? How are you? Hey, Jay. What's up? Not much. So I'm just giving a call in because I just had this conversation the other day, and I keep mm-hmm. hearing this, and I'm not a Mets fan or a Lindor apologist here, but, I mean, I do like the guy, but everyone acts like this guy is like a dud, and he's not having a good year. But you look, last year, this guy hit 270. He had 107 ribbies and 26 homers. In Cleveland, his best years, he had a year with 33, a 38, and a 32 homer year, and his best RBIs were 89, 92, and he had 72 74 ribbies the year he hit 32 home runs. So he exceeded 
by far his RBI total. He wasn't don't far run off. Scored home run. Don't forget runs scored. He scored well. He scored one year. He scored almost. He scored ninety eight runs. I mean, yeah. yeah, he had two years over over hundred, but in Cleveland, but he had ninety not ninety eight. It's not like he was a dud. And the guy's a two seventy four career hitter. He had two seventy last year. So we're like, we're not far off of that. And I wonder, like, is this because like we're just we're in New York and we look at these things more closely and we're expecting more, or is it just? Like, like it's because he's in front of us, so we're like paying attention to it. Jay, or you want, is it... Jay, you want the simple answer, and it's it's a blessing yeah. and a curse, and not, and we all would have done exactly the same thing if we were in his shoes. When you put your name on a contract for three hundred forty-one million dollars, people expect perfection. It's as simple yeah, as that. Fair enough. People expect, and, and, and here's the other thing too. And, Fra- and Frank, I got to run. I thank you for the phone. Or Jay, I got to. Jay, I'm sorry. I didn't know why I said Frank, but Jay, thanks for the phone call. Um. People expect you to be better, right? You know, Francisco Lindor, he was a 285 hitter in Cleveland when he was there. He's batting 240-something as a Met in three years, in two and a half years, if you will, right? Last year was a good season. His first year as a Met was not good. Last year was good. That was good. If, if you had five, six straight years of what he did last year as a Met, every Met fan will be happy, and they should be. It was a good season. This year has not been the greatest, though. I know that he's hitting home runs, driving in runs, all that stuff, but, you know, you need better than 213. What is he hitting with runners in scoring position? You know, Robbie brought up the analytics and stuff like that. You know, wins above replacement, that's a big one these days. His six years in Cleveland, he was a 28-war player. So, essentially, he counted for about 28 wins as a member of the Cleveland Indians all those years. So far in three years as a Met, his war is 10. He's got to pick it up. You know, he has to be one of the catalysts in this lineup. That's what the Mets are paying him to do. All right, when we come back, we'll have a little bit deeper of the baseball conversation. We'll talk to C.J. Nitkowski, Rangers analyst, also MLB Network Radio, little Mets, little Yanks, little DeGrom. Grasso until 10 on a Tuesday right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>